we rejoice that you're here. Thank, hope you feel right at home, and uh, that's uh, that's our uh, our goal for you to feel right at home. Anyway, it's great to have uh, Mrs. Framling's folks with us from out of town, and uh, thanks for that uh, they're able to be here. Many many others. Psalm 136. If you have a Bible, stand with me, please, for the reading of the Word of God. Psalm 136. Psalm 136. And uh, we'll not read the entire chapter, although we, we could easily do so, but uh, I think we'll read enough of it for you to get the, the direction where we're going. Psalm 136, verse number 1, the, the psalmist said, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods, for His mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him who alone doeth great wonders, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him by wisdom made the heavens, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that made great lights, for His mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for His mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for His mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for His mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for His mercy endureth forever. You get the idea? His mercy endures forever. Twenty-six times in one chapter, you read that phrase, for His mercy endures forever. That's the title of the message this morning. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'd help us. What a wonderful thought <clears throat> when we fix our attention on your mercy. And I pray, Father, that you'd help me. Uh, there's no way that I can do this truth justice because this truth is one of, centers on one of the characteristics of your attributes that is just mind-boggling to all of us. And I pray, Father, that you help us be encouraged. I pray, Father, that you challenge us. I pray, Father, that you help us to be willing to not only be recipients of your mercy, but, Father, help us to be extenders of your mercy this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. 26 times in Psalm 136, we find these beautiful words, For His mercy endureth forever. One of the most comprehensive statements regarding the nature of God in all the Bible is simply this, His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. You know, I was, just to testify for a few moments before getting into the message yesterday, we were driving back. It's about a 11 or 12 hour drive. And how many times I was reminded about God's mercy just yesterday? You know, you uh, get an automobile and you set out. And of course, uh, today being probably one of the busiest travel days of all the uh, of the entire year. And uh, we left, and it was. Uh, by the way, it was colder there than it was here at seven o'clock yesterday morning. And I just want to praise the Lord for that. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, we uh, we got in the car and uh, we started driving this way, and we started coming across the mountains of uh, Virginia and West Virginia, and 
and there was some ice hanging off the trees and so forth, and there were accidents. And how many times was I reminded yesterday that God is a merciful God? A merciful God. How many times did I get behind an ambulance or see one coming from the other direction or see an accident on the other side of the interstate and think to myself, God, that could have been me. That could have been me, but for His mercy. But for His mercy. How many times this week did I see someone who was, uh, uh, who was, uh, having, uh, in a, in a horrible set of circumstances and, and, uh, and I said to myself, God, you're a, you're a merciful God. How many times did I think about this week when, uh, when I thank the Lord, uh, over a Thanksgiving meal or, or at some other point in the week thankful for my salvation when I wasn't reminded about the mercies of God? The mercies of God. Paul said to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. He said, hey, it's only by the mercies of God that you have salvation. And because that is true, he said, I, I beg you, I beseech you, you ought to give yourself as a living sacrifice to God on a daily basis. Why? Because of His mercies. God's mercies makes everything possible. You have the home you live in today because of the grace and mercies of God. You're not in hell this morning because of the mercies of God. You're not on skid row this morning because of the mercies of God. If you're not struggling with an addiction to alcohol or drugs, it's not because you're somebody, it's because He's somebody. It's because His mercies endure forever. I'm simply saying this morning near the top of all of our list of things to be thankful ought to be the mercies of God. I don't think it's any accident. In fact, I know it's not an accident that the psalm begins that we read just a few moments ago. He said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. If you're going to thank God for something this morning, if you need, if you need a starter kit for a Thanksgiving list, <laughs> I don't think we do. Pretty much, if you have any, if you have, uh, uh, any kind of thought processes at all, you can come up with things to, about which to thank God or for which to thank God. But understand, if you need something to start you off in this whole matter of gratitude and thanksgiving, maybe we should start with the mercies of God. The mercies of God. His mercy endureth forever. Twenty-six times in this chapter. I don't know of another place in the Bible where one of God's attributes is mentioned so many times in succession as this chapter, Psalm 136, where he talks about the mercies of God. The mercies of God. Of course, we know that the book of Psalms is a collection of songs that were sung by God's people. And of course, there were songs that were sung for different occasions. And one of those occasions was for the giving of thanks. And by the way, if you look at your hymn book, uh, you'll see many songs in there that are dedicated to songs of praise or songs of thanksgiving. Uh, <coughs> uh, we, uh, we, we sang one of them just not long ago. Uh, last week, I'll, I'll refer to it here in just a few moments, but great is thy faithfulness. Count your blessings, name them one by one. To God be the glory, great things He hath done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son. What, is it, what does it mean, preacher? It means that we ought to be a, a singing people and our songs, many of them, should center around praise and worship and thanksgiving to God. The Bible says He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. 
Here in Psalm 136, the top, at the top of the list for God's people to give thanks was the fact that a merciful God uh, and that His mercy endures forever. Now, the first thing we need to do this morning as part of the message is to define and or maybe give some some uh, clarity as far as your thoughts are concerned as to what exactly is mercy. What exactly is mercy? Uh, well, <clears throat> here's a dictionary definition by uh, Mr. Webster. Mercy is that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. I like that a lot. To treat an offender better than he deserves. He goes on to say this, uh, the disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries and to forbear punishment or inflict less than law or justice will warrant. In this sense, there is perhaps no word in our language precisely synonymous with mercy, end quote. Mr. Webster says in the whole English language, and he had a pretty good grasp on the English language, I might add. He said in all the English language, in all the tens of thousands of words, he said there's no other word for mercy that is quite equal to it as a synonym. He said there's nothing, there, there, there's no word that, uh, you, you know, you can talk about the grace of God and, and, uh, and certainly grace takes mercy to a whole new level because grace is the, simply the goodness that God has bestowed upon us. But grace's first cousin, if you will, is this word mercy. You see, mercy is simply God's treating us better than we deserve. God treats me better than I deserve. I want you to think about that statement for the rest of the message. God's mercy towards you. I want you to make it personal this morning. Not just that God is a merciful God, although God is a merciful God, but I want us all to put a circle around where we're seated this morning and think about the fact that God treats me, God treats you better than you deserve. That's mercy. Mercy is where God looks at His justice and says in His justice, uh, you deserve hell, my friend. You deserve the lake of fire. You deserve eternal punishment. You deserve eternal torments. That's what God's justice demands. God's justice looks at my sin and says, the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. But God's mercy steps in and said, no, sir. We, uh, God says, I love that sinner. I love that soul. And I don't want him to go to hell. And so in his mercy, he sent Jesus here 2,000 years ago. In his mercy, he gives us far less than our sins deserve. This week I was, I got to thinking about this matter of God's mercy. And how significant it is to all of us individually. But there's not a person in this room who is not a direct beneficiary of the mercies of God. I don't care if this is your 10,746th time in a service at Lakecrest Baptist Church, or this is your very first Sunday, every single person in this room is a direct beneficiary of the mercies of God. We all are. In Psalm chapter 23 and verse number 6, the psalmist said this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you're an adult in this room, and you're old enough to hear and understand what I'm saying, you've lived long enough to look behind you and see God's goodness and see God's mercy following you all through life. 
If you're here and you're, you're, uh, uh, you, you've been through the, the, uh, the, the childhood years and the teen years and the young adult years and, uh, and if you're at least that old, you've got enough track record, you've got enough history, you've got enough in the rear view mirror of your life to be able to look back and see God's goodness and see God's mercy in your life. And you'll have to, uh, you'll, you'll have to say with a grateful heart this morning, His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. Through 49 years, may I testify, he's been better to this preacher than I deserve. He's been better to me than I deserve. Oh, I, I look back in my life and, and how good God has been to me. I was reminded as I sat around a Thanksgiving table with, with parents and with friends and with families, and, uh, and I was reminded of how merciful God was. You know what? I could have grown up on the other side of the world. I could have grown up in the jungles of the, the of of, uh, of uh, South America or Africa. Hey, I could have grown up in a place where the word of God was a foreign subject. I could have I could have done that. And by the way, so could you have. I could have grown up in an environment where uh, where uh, God's name wasn't given and and uh, and where everything about Christianity was foreign. And some of you perhaps have the testimony that this is somewhat new to you. Hey, may I say the fact that you're here this morning is a testimony to the grace and mercy of God. He's been good to you. A man was arrested down south and he was standing trial. He was trembling with fear. The judge came in who was going to arraign his case, and he said, now look, sir, don't be so nervous. He said, I'm going to make sure that you get justice. And with trembling lips, this man who was being held <coughs> as, a, uh, as a suspect said, sir, your honor, I don't need justice, I need mercy. I don't need justice, your honor. Oh, I'm thankful that you're interested in justice, but uh, your honor, I, I'll just have to be honest with you. I need a dose of mercy. And that's what I need. And that's what you folks need. And that's what we all need. The fact that the Lord's mercy endureth forever means that nothing can stop His mercy. Think about this. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures not for a thousand years or ten thousand years or a hundred thousand years or a million years, but God said, my mercy will never cease. It will always endure for eternity. You say, preacher, how do we know that? Because I'll live for eternity in heaven and that'll be a testimony of the grace and mercy of God as long as I'm there and I'll be there forever. And so will you if you're saved. His mercy endures forever. I want you to see several things this morning. Very quickly, not a very, uh, just a very simple message actually. I want you to see this. His mercy is greater than my sin. His mercy is greater than my sin. Last Sunday night, <clears throat> we sang a congregational song and it's one of my favorites. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Don't miss this. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. You know, that song, especially that chorus, is taken from Lamentations chapter 3, verse number 22, where the Bible says, It is of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed, because His compassions fail not. 
They're new every morning, the Bible says. Great is thy faithfulness. Notice in Lamentations chapter 3, the Bible tells us that God's mercies are brand new every single morning. Now think about this for just a minute. I, uh, <clears throat> I think about that verse often when I get up in the morning and I go down to downstairs to get that eye-opening first sip of coffee, amen, the lifeblood of every day. <laughs> and, uh, and as I reach for that coffee pot and that mug, <clears throat> and uh, I'll look out, the, uh, uh, the, the back of our house faces the east and the sun's coming. That's usually the direction the sun comes up is in the east. But anyway, <clears throat> some of you didn't know that, did you? <clears throat> you thought that somebody threw a switch up there every day. Oh, there's the sun. <clears throat> but, uh, but the sun's coming up over the eastern horizon. And, uh, and I'm often reminded of that verse, His mercies are new every morning. I'll be honest with you, I was puzzled about that for a long time because I would think to myself, why doesn't God say that His mercies are new every evening? Why doesn't God, why doesn't the Bible say that God has new mercies ready for me before I go to bed at night after I have made a mess of everything? <laughs> it would seem to me, Brother Dave, that, <clears throat> that it would make more sense for the Lord to reserve His mercies for the end of the day instead of the beginning of the day because at the end I can look back and say, well, I messed that up. Well, I said that and shouldn't have said it. Well, <clears throat> I lost my temper with so-and-so. Well, I, uh, I, uh, I did this and shouldn't have done it or I should have done that and missed an opportunity to serve the Lord that I should have taken advantage of. And I've often wondered why it doesn't say that God's mercies are new every evening. And then it dawned on me, no pun intended. It, uh, it occurred to me God's mercy, some of you just get that. Uh, God's mercies are new every morning. Don't miss this. They're ready for me before I need them. Boy, that, that thought hit me, and I about had a spell. God's mercies are prepared for me for today. They were prepared for me today, November 25th, 2018, when I woke up this morning and saw the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the little bit of an overcast, uh, overcast sky and the sun kind of peeking through the clouds just a little bit. And, uh, uh, and it dawned on me, hey, God's mercies are brand new for me before I even need them, before I even mess up, before I say something I ought not say, before I offend someone, before I do something I ought not do, before I miss an opportunity. God's mercies are ready and waiting for me. They're waiting. God's ahead of me. Hey, the Bible says over in the book of Psalms, the Bible says that He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we're just dust. God, uh, He looks at me sometimes, He must think, that guy, He makes a mess out of everything. I know God gets frustrated with me. You know why? Because I know I get frustrated with me. And if you'd be honest, you'd get frustrated with you. <laughs> but the reality is, God says, I remember, I know that those people down there, they're just dust. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a whole brand new package of mercies every single morning, ready, prepared, and waiting for them, because I know they're going to need them before the day's over. My sin deserves the eternal judgment of an almighty God. In Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse number 20, the Bible says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. You know what? That includes all of us. May I remind all of us this morning of who we are? We're sinners. We're sinners. 
We're sinners by birth. We're sinners by choice. <coughs> uh, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And the Bible says, uh, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Hey, we're all in the same boat. We're all sinners. And because of that, we all have a, a deserving of, of the, the penalty of sin, which is death. You know what? <coughs> The fact that we're all sinners. Now, truth is, uh, <clears throat> many people in this room, you've been saved. You've been, you've been uh, transformed by the grace of God. You have, uh, you, you, you have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. At salvation, you received Christ as your own personal Savior, and you are a new creature in Christ, the Bible says. But wait a minute, let me remind all of us, because we gain a new creature at salvation doesn't mean the old nature is eradicated. You know when that's going to happen? It's called heaven. <laughs> It's called the rapture. It's called either when I meet him in the air or, by, or I meet him by way of the grave, I'm going to put off this, this, uh, this robe of flesh. I'll drop and rise, the songwriter said, to seize the everlasting prize. But until that happens, I'm going to have an old flesh, an old nature, an old corrupt man that lives uh, with me all the time. Now, that's why I need God's mercies. My God's mercies were brand new for me this morning. Hey, His mercy is greater than my sin. Hey, His mercy is greater than my mistakes. His mercy is greater than my blunders. If we're not careful, we'll become pharisaical in our view of someone else's sin when we ourselves are in need of His mercies. Well, we're something, aren't we? <clears throat> we're really good at pointing out everybody else's faults. She shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have done that. Now... Obviously, we all have our share of faults. And by the way, the Bible is the judge. The Bible is the standard by which our sins and our nature is judged and our, our actions and our words and our thoughts and our motives and the intents of our heart are judged. But let me, let me just stop and say this. Who do we think we are going around pointing out everybody else's faults when the truth of the matter is we're all in need of His mercy? We're all in need of His mercy. I see number two. Not only is His mercy greater than my sins, but His mercy is greater than my weakness. His mercy is greater than my weakness. In Isaiah chapter 40, uh, 54 and verse number 7, let me just give you several verses that talk about the, the, the good mercy of God. Verse 7, For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. God said, My mercy is great. It's great. Hey, it's greater than my weakness. I said a few moments ago, I get frustrated with me. I get frustrated with my, in, in my, uh, uh, my fallibility. I get frustrated with my own limitations. I get frustrated sometimes you get to the end of the day and you, and you look back and you say, all right, <clears throat> that I get everything done today that, I sh that should have been done. And sometimes I look back and say, what in the world happened today? It seems like there were interruptions. It seems like there wasn't the, the, the there wasn't the uh, the production that I would have liked to have seen today. And if we're not careful, we'll say, you know what? Wait a minute. There's a merciful God who has everything under control. His mercies are great. His mercies are abundant. In Ephesians chapter two and verse number four, the Bible says, "But God, who is don't miss this, rich in mercy." Rich in mercy. Again, mercy is God not giving to me what I deserve. Don't miss that. Mercy is God not giving me the judgment that I deserve. The penalty that I deserve. So I want what's coming to me. You better be careful saying stuff like that. 
I want my rights. Well, we live in an age where people, everybody wants their rights, don't they? Everybody's marching down main streets of America demanding their rights. Be careful about that. I want what's coming to me. I want what I deserve. No, you don't. No, you don't. I don't want what I deserve. I want God's mercy. I'm like the old boy who said, I'm not looking for justice. I'm looking for mercy. Psalm, 1, or Psalm 103, verse 8, the, Lord's, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Psalm 36 and verse number 5, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. There's no limit to his mercy, the Bible says. In Psalm 119 and verse 64, The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. His mercy is greater than my sin. His mercy is greater than my, my frailty. His mercy is greater than my weakness. And I want you to see this. His mercy is greater than my enemies. His mercy is greater than my enemies. Hear me well. You have three enemies this morning. I'm not talking about physical enemies. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You have three enemies according to that book this morning. The world, the flesh, and the devil. You may have made a, a total mess of your life this week. Now, I haven't talked to anybody, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's been a short week, folks. You only had three days to make a mess of things. You had two days as a holiday, okay? <clears throat> but, uh, but you may have made a royal mess of your life this week. But can I tell you something? God's merciful. God's merciful. His mercy is greater than my sin. His mercy is greater than my frailty and my weakness. His mercy is greater than my enemies. You have three enemies. You have the world. I'm talking when, and when the Bible talks about the world in this context, he's not talking about the globe on which we live. He's talking about the culture of the world, the world system, if you will. The world system, the world's culture is your enemy. And then the other enemy is, well, Satan is your enemy. The Bible says that Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to, uh, he wants to, uh, spiritually dismember you, if you will. Jesus said to Peter, Satan had desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And then you have what I consider maybe the most underrated enemy of all of us is our flesh. Our flesh. So we have the world, the flesh, and the devil. And those three enemies are out to destroy you every day of the world. But I got good news for you. According to this book, the mercies of God are greater than your enemies. That's a great thought. The mercies of God are greater than your own flesh, greater than the, uh, the, the world that tries to destroy you, greater than Satan himself who would sift you as wheat. Hey, I'm simply saying if we would throw ourselves at the mercies of God and seek His help and seek His favor on a daily basis and seek uh, His Spirit that dwells within us, God said, help's available because of His mercies. In Psalm 103, in verse number 17, listen to this. The Bible says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him, and His righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep His covenant, and to those who remember His commandments to do them. Hey, you want mercy? <clears throat> then, uh, uh, then put yourself at the feet of God and say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I've messed up. Hey, what, what does the Bible say? It talks about over in the book of Proverbs. It says that, uh, that, that if, if we will confess and forsake our sins, we find mercy. 
Look, we attract the mercy of God when we humble ourselves and we see our sin nature for what it is. His mercy is greater than my enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hey, His mercy is greater than my past. His mercy is greater than my past. There are folks all over this room this morning who, are, who have beaten themselves up and who continue to beat themselves up because of your past. Preacher, you don't know what I did. <clears throat> God can never use me anymore. Well, I know David murdered a guy. I know, uh, I know Peter cussed and swore like a sailor about 50 days before he preached at Pentecost. Hmm. I know that the Apostle Paul was a, uh, was a persecutor of Christians and was on his way to do the same when God saved him. Hmm. That's, that's a pretty bad resume right there for all those guys. God used them. God was merciful to them. Hey, I'm simply saying God's mercy is greater than your past. Leave the past where it is. Look, look can I tell you, some of you, bless your heart, and, and I, I counsel people from time to time, and, and it's always, but what about what happened then? What about what happened then? What about, look, you can't change what happened yesterday. You can't change what happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years you, Look, the past is the past. What do you do? You get up and you brush yourself off. You confess your sins. You, you, you take it to God and, and throw yourself at the mercy of a loving God and you get back up and you keep on going. That's all you can do. And may I say God's mercy is more than enough to do something with all of us in spite of our past? Isaiah chapter... 1 and verse number 18, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. His mercy is greater than my past. <laughs> His mercy is greater than my past. Look, God's not nearly as concerned about your past as He is your future. You can't do anything about the past. Now here's, what, here's, here's where the devil really takes our past and he beats us up with it. While you're consumed in the present with what happened yesterday, you're losing the opportunities of right here and right now. God has something He wants you to do today, November 25th, 2018. God's got a purpose for your life today. And if you're so wrapped up and so consumed with what happened six months ago, six years ago, 60 years ago, doesn't matter how long ago it was, you're so consumed with all of that that guess what? You're missing out on what God has for you today. His mercy is greater than your past. His mercy is in place for you to confess and forsake and get things right and move on because, hey, the future is as bright as the promises of God. And somebody ought to recall, hey, yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I, I, I'm, uh, my, my, my past is what it is. I can do nothing about it. But thanks be to God, His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. I'll leave you with one thought this morning. God's mercy, yes, it's greater than your past, and yes, it's greater than your weakness, and yes, it's greater than your frailty, and yes, it's greater than my sins, but let me leave you with one final thought. God's mercy is greater than my condemnation. God's mercy is greater than my condemnation. Titus chapter 3, and verse number 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His, don't miss it, according to His mercy. According to His mercy, He saved us. 
by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, hey, God's mercy is greater than my condemnation. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? My condemnation. You see, the Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse number 18, he that believeth not is condemned already. We fall under the condemnation of our sin, the death sentence of our sin. You see, because we're all sinners, we all deserve hell. If we got what we deserve this morning, we'd be in a lake of fire, tormented day and night for eternity. You say, but preacher, I'm a good person. Good people go to hell. But preacher, I'm a religious person. Religious people go to hell. But preacher, I've been baptized. Baptized people will go to hell. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is a symbol of, of, uh, of what Jesus did for those of us who are saved. But, salva but baptism is not uh, efficacious to your eternal soul. No, sir. It's not about your church affiliation. It's not about your good works. You'd say, preacher, I I'm giving all this money to charity for the holidays. I'm giving to goodwill and I'm giving to this organization, that organization. Let me tell you something. The devil has sold a bill of goods to a lot of people, convincing them that because of what they do or because of who they are, are or because of who they're associated with that somehow God is going to just let them slide. It doesn't work that way, my friend. The devil sold a lot of people this lie that says that they're going to get to the pearly gates one day and God will weigh out their good and if their good outweighs their bad, somehow they're going to, to be allowed into heaven. It doesn't work that way, my friend, because the Bible says the wages of sin, singular, the wages of sin is death. You can stack all the good things you want to stack on one side of the scale, but if you got one sin, it, it outweighs every good thing you've ever done, the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. Because of that, we're condemned. We're condemned to die for eternity. We're condemned by the penalty of our sin, which the Bible says is separation from God, death in hell, the, 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 the lake of fire. Jesus said the place where the fire uh, is, uh, is never quenched, the worm dieth not, and there's separation from God, and there's eternal torment, and there's eternal punishment. That's what we have to look forward to because of our sin. That's our condemnation. But thanks be to God. Let me read it for you again. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Hey, it's not, it's not my doings. Isaiah 55 says that all of my righteousnesses is as filthy rags in the sight of God. The best that I can do is disgusting in the sight of a holy, just God. So the only hope I have, the only hope I have, Brother Dave, is the mercy of God. And by, may I say... God's mercy is more than enough because it endures forever. Ten billion years from now, I'll be kicking up gold dust on streets of gold in heaven. For ages to come, for ages to come, if you're saved, if your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, hey, you'll enjoy the splendors of heaven where there's no sickness, there's no sorrow, there's no death, there's no suffering, there's no shame. The former things are passed away, the Bible says, about heaven, and it's going to be wonderful. You know why? Because His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. Twenty-six times in one passage, the same statement is made. 
You say, preacher, must have gotten mundane for those people to sing that chorus of that song. His mercy, no, I don't think so. May I say, it'll never get old to us in heaven. May I say this morning, it'll never become mundane on streets of gold. It'll never become old hat as long as eternity rolls and as long as there's, as we worship at the feet of Jesus in eternity future. Hey, it'll never get old. His mercy endureth forever. There's no condemnation because of His mercy. May I say to you this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are, you are under the condemnation of your own sins. And you can't do anything about those sins to save yourself or to get forgiveness for your sin. You can't erase those sins on your own. You can't do it with good works. You can't do it with that water. You can't do it with church membership. Only Jesus can do it. According to His mercy, He saved us. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. His mercy...